I want to take the opportunity to uh, welcome everyone and wish everyone a Shana Tova Umituka, a happy and uh, healthy and sweet new year. As always, it's wonderful to see uh, faces I haven't seen in a while, new faces, and of course, familiar faces. I have uh, vivid memories from when I was a young child of uh, the playground right outside my house. I remember the, all the different playground equipment, the swings and the merry-go-round and the monkey bars. I have memories of the people that I used to go and play with in the park. It's probably been about 25 years since I've even been back to that park. But I could probably sit down and draw an identical blueprint of that park. I have vivid memories from when I was a teenager, those awkward teenage years. I have memories of my high school, the hallways, the classrooms, memories of going to USY Kinusim and conventions. I have memories of my college years, going off to Israel, spending my first year in Israel and experiencing many firsts for myself that year, coming back and going to New York and spending those years in college, that, that carefree time with my peers. There's probably a lot of nights in that period of time that I don't remember. <laughs> I remember meeting Susan for the first time. I remember our first kiss outside of her bunk one evening. <laughs> I have vivid memories of standing with her under the chuppah when we got married. And I can remember in detail that weekend that I went up to Camp Ramah to propose to her. I remember the anxiety I was feeling as I was driving those seven hours from Chicago to Conover, Wisconsin, ready to pop the question. I remember we got there Friday afternoon and uh, I had to wait an extra hour or two because she had a meeting with the director of the camp that we didn't know about. And I remember feeling nervous that Shabbat was coming and we might not have time to call our parents to let them know what just happened. And I remember the moment that she opened up that box of Frango mints and found the engagement ring hidden inside. <laughs> but what happens if I, one day I wake up and have no memory of any of these events? Think about the most important, the most impactful moments of your lives. Think about how well you could recall those very moments. If you were telling the story of one of your memories, you could tell us about the place, the scenery, the weather that morning. You could talk of the smells, of the taste of the food, of the faces of the people that you were with. 
Now imagine if you couldn't remember those things. Now, of course, there's many things in life that we want to forget, that we'd like to forget. I read a story in USA Today about a small town in Indiana, Markle, Indiana, a small town of about a thousand people. It was a troubled town. The board had uh, years of uh, corruption, of industrial slip-ups, of uh, resignation of town officials. They even had a bank robbery. And one year, the board decided that they were going to vote on a motion to forget their past. Yep. The motion read, from this moment on, we will forget all of our past trustees and all of the past incidents that happened in Markle. And the motion passed two to one. Good and happy, tragic and bad, our memories are what make us who we are. Now imagine you wake up one day and you have no memory of your past. Imagine you can no longer recall the details of that first kiss, your wedding day, the birth of your children. Memory. God's remembering us, our remembering God. These are one of the major themes of Rosh Hashanah. There's a whole section of the Musaf Amidah called Zichronotes. God's remembering us. This morning, I want to say a few words about memory. How it shapes who we are and helps define us. I want to share a story about a pro football player plagued by concussions who comes to realize that he's in danger of losing his memory. I want to share some of what our tradition has to say about the importance of memory and the power of recollection. When I was researching the topic this summer, I came across a book written by Ben Utecht. Ben was, the book is called, Counting the Days While My Mind Slips Away. UTech played high school football, college football, and he peaked in 2005 as the tight end for the Super Bowl winning Indianapolis Colts. His book details the problems he was having suffering from concussions. Concussions that he received several times over all levels of play from high school through the NFL. Some of you may have seen the recent movie Concussion. Utech is the poster boy for the NFL and its terrible history of ignoring concussions. The movie talks of a doctor who's working to force the NFL to come to terms with CTE, or chronic traumatic encephalopathy. And helmets really don't help in preventing concussions. 
The NFL has done a little bit and come a long way now, but they still have much more to go, especially in dealing with the veterans who have been languishing for years without any help. One of the effects of CTE is memory loss. And Utec, in his book, writes about his memory loss. But he also writes about all the wonderful things that have happened in his life. How he started playing football. He goes into great detail discussing some of the important high school games. He talks fondly of the moment he read the letter where he received a full scholarship to the University of Minnesota. He talks about meeting his future wife and goes into great detail about their courtship. And as you're reading it, you begin to say to yourself, someone, for someone who's writing a book about losing his memory, he sure seems to have a tremendous amount of recall. And just as you're thinking about that, you realize why he was writing the book when he writes the following. Writing this book has been one discovery of loss after another. Many of the most important stories you've read, including some key moments that shaped me as a man and in my faith, those stories came from my mom and dad and Karen, not me. I don't remember catching passes from my dad in the backyard when I was a boy. There have been more. It seems like every chapter I call my co-author and ask him, did that really happen? Was I there? Now, I don't mean to imply that my entire mind has been wiped clean or that I remember nothing. I still have a vast treasure of memories to which I cling, but I don't know how much I've lost. Reading the book, you cannot help but feel a sense of heartbreak and desperation. The desperation that he feels knowing he's losing his memory and all that that means. Just listen to how he describes his first kiss with his wife, Karen. At the end of the date, I invited Karen to come back to my dorm room with me. When we walked in the door, I had candles arranged strategically throughout the room. She gave me a sort of look like, what are you up to? The candlelight set the mood. I then took my guitar and began playing and singing Ed McCain's I'll Be. I know it sounds cheesy, but it worked. I finished the song, and before she could say a word, I launched into Ben Fold's song, The Luckiest. The song starts off about how the person singing doesn't get many things right the first time, which was definitely true of how I handled my relationship with Karen. I wanted to find a way to tell her how I had really messed up and how I regretted confusing her and how blessed I felt that she had given me another chance. I couldn't think of a good way to say that, so I let Ben Folds say it for me. By the time I finished the second song, Karen's eyes glistened. I then dropped down on one knee, which was with my height, put us face to face as she sat on the edge of my bed. Setting my guitar aside, I leaned in and gave her a hug. As I slowly pulled out of the embrace, I kissed her on the cheek. I drew back and looked her in the eyes for a sign of affirmation, which I received along with her beautiful smile. 
I then kissed her for real for the very first time. The moment was magical for both of us. I pray I never lose this memory. It's not just CTE or dementia or Alzheimer's. Many of us are in danger of weakening our memories. Studies have shown that the constant use of our iPhones, our iPads, our laptops, where we have information right at our fingertips all the time, has begun to weaken our memories. I remember as a teenager, I could remember hundreds of my friends and family's phone numbers and birthdays. Today, I couldn't call my wife or children without the automatic dial on my cell phone. <laughs> it is the fear of losing our memories that triggers in us a recognition of the role that memory plays in establishing who we are. As Utecht so elegantly put it, as I realized with the very real possibility of losing my memories in the future, not just a few but all of them, I suddenly understood that these fragile memories that I always took for granted are the only things that connect me to people. And that connection is what makes me who I am. My essence as a human being, everything I am, the person I've been, the man I hope to be in the future, all come down to my ability to remember. I'm a living memory, and without my memory, I will cease to live, even if my body keeps on functioning. If that day comes, I will be trapped in a coffin in my head with no way to get out. Our tradition, Judaism, recognizes the importance of memory. We recognize it through our holidays, where we're celebrating events that happened thousands of years ago. We recognize it in our prayers of Yortzeit and Yisker, the memorial prayer that we recite for those who have died and gone before us. In Judaism, we understand that what we are is the sum total of our memories. Who we are is the sum total of all that we have done. Who we are as a Jewish people is the sum total of the collective and shared memory of our people for 4,000 years. The contemporary Jewish author Jonathan Safran, writes, Jonathan Safran Forder writes, Jews actually have six senses. Touch, taste, sight, smell, and memory. For Jews, memory is no less primary than the prick of a pin, or its silver glimmer, or the taste of the blood it pulls from the finger. The Jew is pricked by a pin and remembers other pins. It is only by tracing the pinprick back to other pinpricks, when his mother tried to fix his sleeve while his arm was still in it, when his grandfather's fingers fell asleep from stroking his great-grandfather's damp forehead, when Abraham tested the knife point to be sure Isaac would feel, not feel the pain. That's the Jew is able to know why it hurts. When a Jew encounters a pin, he asks, what does it remember like? 
What does it remember like? That for us as Jews is an essential question. But memory is not just about the past. It's also about the future. The gift of memory allows us to keep the legacy and the life of our loved ones who've died going long after their death. Rabbi Pinchas Peli coined an interesting phrase related to memory and Rosh Hashanah that I think encapsulates everything I'm trying to say. He says, in addition to remembering the past, we're remembering the future. Remembering the future. What does that mean, to remember the future? As we all sit here today on Rosh Hashanah, we're not here, we don't come here totally uprooted, totally new. We come here with all that we have done, not just this past year, but throughout our whole lives. We come here not to be born again, but to be renewed. The future is not some stranger that we're afraid of. The future is our ally. We know that we can handle anything that is going to come before us because we have the memory of how we have dealt with these things in the past. Now, hopefully, none of us will ever be in the same situation as Ben Utecht. And actually, at the end of the book, there is some positive. He's found a doctor that has created some exercises that are allowing him not to bring back memories that he's already lost, but to at least work on retaining the memories that he's making right now. So there is some hope for Ben. I want to close with a, a story that teaches us a lesson. What is it that I want us to take away from this discussion of memory on Rosh Hashanah? The story is about Lisa Beamer. Lisa was the wife of Todd Beamer who on September 11th was one of the passengers on a plane over Pennsylvania that eventually crashed into the fields before it was able to make it to Washington, D.C. He was one of the people that could be heard on uh, the phones, on the black box, calling for other passengers to take the plane away from the terrorists. Unfortunately, the plane crashed and all were killed. One morning at an interview on Good Morning America, Lisa said that it's the little things she misses about Todd. Hearing the garage door open when he returned from work, watching the small children run up to him when he walked into the door, it's those little memories that stand big in her mind. And it turns out that she had learned that lesson, she tells us, from a teacher she had in high school. She had a teacher that had suddenly lost her husband to a heart attack. And when her husband returned, when, her, when the wife returned to school to teach, towards the end of class one day, she stopped. She said, class is over. 
She moved some books and stuff away from the front of her desk, and she sat on the front of her desk and she said, I want to share a small lesson with all of you, something that I think is important. Each of us is put here on earth to learn, to share, to appreciate, to love. And none of us knows when this fantastic experience will end. It can be taken away at any moment. Her eyes were beginning to water and she went on, so I'd like you all to make me a promise. From now on, on the way to school, on your way home, find something beautiful to notice. It doesn't have to be something you see. It could be something that you smell, perhaps freshly baked bread wafting out of someone's house. Or it can be the sound of the breeze slightly rustling through the leaves of the trees. Or the way the morning light catches one autumn leaf as it falls to the ground. Please, look for these things. Cherish these things. For although it might sound trite to some, these things are the stuff of life. The little things we put on earth to enjoy. The things we often take for granted. We must make it important to notice them, for at any time, it can be taken away. This year, as we tick over to the year 5777, let's make a promise to ourselves to work at creating more memories. We've been given the gift from God of memory. Let's take the time this year to work at creating moments, moments that we will cherish, moments that we will continue to make us who we are as people, who we are as individuals, who we are as a Jewish community. Shana Tovah.